We are back. At the top of the show, we mentioned we'd be speaking with Kel Munger. We want to do that now. We've quoted her on this program on numerous occasions in the past, and she's doing some fine work over at the News and Review. We particularly want to talk about her alarming finding about what's going on in Uganda. Kel Munger, welcome to Radio Parallax. Hello, Doug. Now, uh, people may not be aware of this, but this is some pretty hair-raising stuff going on with the president of Uganda. Why don't you let us know what, what this is all about? Well, um, basically, it, what's happened is that um, a bill has been introduced into the parliament there. It's called a bill against homosexuality. And what that bill would do is criminalize homosexuality. It would also include a death penalty for homosexuals who are HIV positive. Homosexuals who are not HIV positive could be sentenced to, up to life in prison. And anyone who's assisting or uh, failing to turn in homosexuals in Uganda could be imprisoned for up to 10 years under this law. So it's a pretty draconian measure that they're trying to institute there. Well, over the years, Cal, we've all been used to some wacky stories of, of, of coming out of Africa, crazy things, and a lot of human rights oppression. But what I think really strikes people about this story is the president of Uganda has been thought to be a pretty good guy, and he's been over here in the U.S., and certain groups have have taken him under their wing, which which seems to be instrumental in what's going on in these in these proposed laws. Right, and in following up on this story, um, I think it's it's pretty important to note that a lot of the best reporting about this has come from Jeff Charlotte, who is um, an expert on uh, an outfit called the Family, which is a, a rather right wing evangelical group um, that's very involved with politics, and one of their missions has been to Uganda specifically. And so uh, not just Musemi, but um, also um, Sesama and uh, David Barada, who's one of the uh, sponsors of this bill, have all been involved with the family. And this would be with uh, American evangelicals. Um, Charlotte has reported on their work at the uh, C Street House in Washington and at their outreach um, for some of these third world countries. And the idea behind this um, is that certain people are chosen by God to lead, and so they have the right to do that, no matter what everybody else in the country wants. And um, this is, you know, particularly frightening because there have been a lot of um, American evangelicals at the far end of the right the spectrum, the people involved with uh, the family, people involved with um, Rick Warren from Saddleback Church has been involved with some of these people who are behind this bill, um, Richard Cohen, who is uh, an American evangelical who's got a um, uh, plan to get rid of the gay. Basically, he claims he can change gay people, even though all of his theories have been thoroughly debunked by basically scientists and psychologists and psychiatrists in the United States. So, you know, this is a situation where, although the bill was actually written by Ugandans, there is a lot of influence from the American religious right in this move that's going on. You know, it, it doesn't—when you talk about this group, we mentioned this them on the show of, of a couple months ago, it just doesn't seem possible that an influential group in America would, would hold up as heroes or, or, as, or as role models people like Hitler, Mao, and Stalin, and yet that is part of their—, their philosophy? At its simplest level, the idea is that a uh, God-chosen ruler can't possibly be bad. <laughs> so if, if you get things done, and if God chose you, you're 
all right. And I would, you know, really heartily recommend to your readers that they, um, you can, you know, find some of the, his work on the web, and also he's written a book called The Family, um, which is about this organization, and that's Jeff Charlotte's work. It's It's been remarkable. And he's the one that's followed the money trail, basically, um, who's been able to reveal that um, the family has been involved with not one, not two, but three sex scandals among um, right-wing Republicans. They've been involved with the governor of um, South Carolina. Mark Sanford, yeah. The guy that was hiking on the Appalachian Trail, (laughs) he's a member of the family. John Ensign from over in Nevada is also a member of the family. And then there was a Louisiana representative who was also involved with the family and um, got caught involved in adultery. But that's okay, because God anointed them to um, be the leaders of, of his people here in the United States. So we can heal them and let them get back to doing to pushing their right-wing, uh, supposedly pro-family agenda. It, it, it almost sounds like their philosophy is like the, the, the rule of the divine right of kings, something that they proposed back like in you know, the 1600s that the... the, the that the, the church authority came through the ruler that, uh, that God anointed for you? Well, it really does come from that same underlying principle. Whether you believe in God or not, the idea that certain people are, are better qualified to lead is, is about as anti-democratic as you can get. And yet that is, in fact, what they're putting forward, is that some people are more qualified to lead, and you'll know them because they'll tell you who they are. Well, Kel, people are interested in this. I know I've got some, some friends who are from Uganda, and, I, and I, I'd like to do what I can. What, what are you recommending we, we can do about uh, get, besides getting the, the word out? Because this is so shocking, I think people haven't even heard about this. Well, I, I think, and, and rightfully so, I think that Ugandans um, would certainly resent a whole lot of outside interference. The problem is that Ugandans don't know that these ideas originated from the United States. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm sure that um, there's some resistance to having us tell them what to do, and that's, you know, rightfully so. But I do think it's important to expose the links to our own uh, American right wing so that the people in Uganda know that this is uh, not something that's coming out of their own uh, uh, culture, that this is something that's being imposed on them by people whose ideas have been rejected in the United States. Um, I would heartily suggest that people investigate both uh, Jeff Charlotte's reporting and then the specific reporting um, on Uganda that has been just amazing has been done by uh, Jim Burroway, and his web- website is um, boxturtlebulletin.com, and he has put all of this together. He's been following this story since last February. Uh, he was the first one to document the involvement of um, right-wing evangelicals there, uh, including some members of the family. And uh, so I, I would say infor- get informed, uh, contact, uh, you know, write letters to our own State Department. Uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has condemned this legislation. Um, but, you know, to make sure that, that we also would like to see some sort of action taken against the Americans who think they can export this, you know, basically nonsense to a country where, where people will believe it. I also think it's really important that um, we get the word out that this so-called reparative therapy, which they're touting, has been completely debunked by all of the scientists and the psychological organizations in the United States. And yet it's being cited as authoritative. And so, you know, basically we need to get the word out. 
Well, Cal, I know you're going to follow the story in the News and Review. We will follow it with you, and hopefully uh, as this evolves in the near future, we'll come back and talk about it again, hopefully with a, with a happy ending. That's the plan. All right. Kel Munger, News and Review, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Doug. All right, and to continue on with, uh, I guess you'd call it news of the insane, we have the following. As repeated in The Week magazine, Jason Zweig in The Wall Street Journal noted that investors have been binging out lately on junk bonds. Quote, goaded by the monstrous returns on junk, 53% this year, and the miserable yields on cash, investors have put well over $20 billion into high-yield bond funds in 2009. A year ago, when these risky bonds traded at about 61 cents in the dollar, their bargain bin valuations justified the added risk that they could turn out to be, well, junk. Now that prices are closer to 92 cents in the dollar, buying junk bonds isn't worth the potential headache. If you miss the happy hour, there's not much point in diving in after the good times have already rolled. You know, don't people get this? If something's called a junk bond, it's called that for a reason. This is fueling a lot of interest in gold, of course, uh, as well. According to Bloomberg.com, gold is having its best year in recent decades, hitting $1,226 an ounce. Of course, this reminds us of the, uh, the former peak back in 1980 when it hit $850 an ounce. Interestingly, if you'd bought gold then and held on to it now, it's even higher peak, uh, well, you'd have done worse than if you'd put the money in an interest-bearing account. And speaking of money, which we do once in a while, I was at a Christmas party last week and was informed by someone working down in Hollywood that uh, the real interest in the entertainment industry and the big conglomerates that control entertainment has shifted onto video games. I suppose a lot of you know this already, but I was unaware of the fact that uh, except for maybe 10 movies down in Hollywood, films generally lose which really makes the profits from video games look stellar. I know the military is using a lot of video games as recruiting tools, and a lot of people I know spend a lot of time, uh, you know, machine gunning the enemy on, uh, on, on screens. One does have to wonder about the productiveness of, uh, of, of such a use of time. And speaking of lethal technologies, how's that for a segue? Illinois wildlife officials had to poison a six-mile stretch of a major shipping canal to try and keep a voracious fish from invading the Great Lakes via Lake Michigan. Authorities are targeting the Asian carp, which can weigh up to 100 pounds and whose appetite threatens the food supply of several native species. They're expecting to spend $2 million and kill 100 tons of fish. So far, they've only found one carp. But the officials said that they usually sink. So I, I hope they're doing the right thing here. And, you know, we certainly want to keep voracious, uh, uh, invasive pests out of uh, our fisheries, don't we? Speaking of life beneath the waves, how about this article in Scientific American on the origins of life? Uh, December 29 issue, article by Alexander S. Bradley, titled, Expanding the Limits of Life. Subheadline, analysis of a recently discovered type of hot vent ecosystem in the seafloor suggests new possibilities for how life evolved. If any of you ever watch the Discovery Channel, and I'm sure you do, you're now aware of the, uh, these hydrothermal fields 
hot springs on the ocean floor, the, the black smokers and such that have whole ecosystems not dependent on photosynthesis. One of the more uh, curious discoveries uh, of a generation ago. Well, apparently nine years ago, an expedition mapping some submerged mountains uh, between the Bermuda and the Canary Islands came across some pillars of white rock as tall as a 20-story building. These were a new type of undersea hot spring. They're not as hot as the black smokers, and their chemistry is different. They appear to have an ecosystem being driven not by the hydrogen sulfide that's produced by the black smokers, but by hydrogen itself. Of course, there's a, it's a complex picture. There's some other organic compounds being produced, methane, ethane, propane. Scientists are actually still trying to work this out because these pillars that they're finding are just filled with, uh, with microbial life. And uh, how it all works is, uh, you know, being delineated. What's got scientists excited is that uh, the type of rock being worked on in these uh, thermal vents is what we think was around when the Earth was young, meaning that these, uh, these systems may be mimicking what life, uh, just, you know, what it was that got life jump-started on this planet four billion years ago. And all this methane uh, being involved with these uh, vent systems makes the discovery of methane being produced uh, out on Mars even more intriguing. Something below the Martian surface is producing a uh, constant supply of methane, and the question is, is this an inorganic process, or might it be from living organisms? We're going to have to go there to find that out, but uh, an awful lot of smart people would lay money on uh, the existence of real Martians, well, at least Martian microbes, which is a lot less exciting than, you know, green guys with ray guns, but, you know, <laughs> we'll take it. And by the way, if you're keen to go into space yourself, you've got to keep in mind on these, uh, these Spaceship Two offers being made to take you up into space for $200,000. What they're offering you is five minutes of weightlessness on what is definitely a suborbital flight. To get a spaceship into orbit requires a tremendous extra amount of energy, which is not available to uh, these commercial aircraft. They're a marvelous design, very ingenious. It'll take you up above the Earth's atmosphere briefly, but bring you right back down. Because if you want to go into orbit, you've got to get up to like seven miles per second, and for that, you need a big rocket. Not that I want to rain on your parade. If you've got $200,000 to burn and you want to have a fun roller coaster ride, you know, doggone it, give Burt Rutan a call. Anyway, let's take a short break. I'm Douglas Everett. You're listening to Radio Parallax. Thank you. 